Mom life can be chaotic, crazy, and overwhelming as you give and care for everyone else but you. Well, it's time to take back you and turn up the spice in your life. Welcome to Spicy Mom Life Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Johnson, CEO and founder of Spicy Mom Life. As a single mom of two myself, I'm here to teach you how to step out of the box that society has put you in so that you can start living a truly fulfilled, authentic, empowered life beyond just motherhood. We talk all things motherhood, sex, life, relationships, and more. And I do mean more. This is not your everyday vanilla mom jets. Expect things to get spicy AF. So let's get to it. Hello, my spicy mom lifers. I'm so excited that you have found this podcast and are listening today. The first few episodes are going to be a lot of my story because I think it's important that you hear a lot of where I've come from. So you have some kind of background of like, who who the fuck is this person who I'm listening to today, right? But I'm, I'm breaking it up a little bit so that you can listen to what you feel like resonates more with you instead of just putting it into one really long fucking episode. I don't want to do that to you. All of my listeners were fans of shorter episodes and I totally feel that. So we're going to try and keep these short, at least when they're just with me, the future podcast guests, they get a little long, but like they're really good. So for those of you who don't know. My name is Alicia Johnson. I am the founder and CEO of Spicy Mom Life podcast, Instagram. You can find me on all of the things. And I've shared previously about where this came from, why this, but to get a better understanding, we'll dive into kind of my, my background. And one of the biggest things that is impactful that many of you I know can relate to is I am a single mom. I have been a single mom now for over 16 years. I currently have a 20 and almost 23 year old, um, both girls. So it's been really just the three of us for the last 16 years. Um, their dad is not in their life really um it's we'll get into that (laughs) so i was a fairly rebellious teenager as many of us are because that's just what happens right and for a variety of reasons i was in a place in my my junior year in high school, like late sophomore, early junior year, where I really felt the need for attention. And like a lot of this, I I didn't recognize until later, because that's just the way, way it works, right? I 
met this guy who I later married, but it just, like, we got along great. Um, he gave me all the attention and like, there was, there was red flags from the beginning, but I, I was not like my blinders were on. I didn't see any of the red flags. I'm not as red flags anyways, because I didn't, I didn't want to. I saw this as an opportunity to like distance myself further from my parents. Cause like that just felt like, um, stifling, like just, I, I felt restricted. I mean, but that's, <laughs> you're not an adult yet. So like, there's supposed to be some restriction there. Right. But you don't necessarily want that. And so this kind of became my like way out and you know things seemed good we got along great um I spent a lot of time at his place and like one of the biggest red flags earliest on that I share about is just his relationship with his mom he yeah it, it was not healthy the way he talked to her, the way that she responded, it just, it, it was not a healthy relationship. Like he, it was like he could do anything and not get in trouble type of thing. And she did everything around the house, like that typical, um, you know, housewife mom type of thing. Um, and his, his biological dad wasn't around. So like that didn't help, but I, I didn't, I didn't really want to see any of that as many of us don't, right? So I get into these situations and fast forward a bit. I found out I was pregnant at 17, still in high school. I had had every intention of, you know, going to college and going to nursing school and all of that stuff. But now it was just a matter of, I. Uh, need to figure out what to do and I need to figure out a way to like, finish high school and all of that. Um, so by the time I graduated high school, I was six months pregnant, like, trying to like, trying to keep that quiet, um, trying to like not make a big deal and come to find out later, like most people didn't know at all, which that made me feel good because I really didn't want everybody to know, <laughs> you know, um, it was just, it's one of those things that you get shamed for at a young age. And I tried to avoid that as much as possible. I had enough of it later. So we stayed together. Um, he, to no surprise, looking back, was not, not a super active parent. Uh, I did the diapers. I did the chant, like all of that. I did the feeding, uh, all of that stuff. Right. Which, you know, at the time, like, okay, that's, you know, you're thinking that's just mom's duties. Right. Um, for a little while we lived with my parents, which that, that was a whole other thing. Cause my dad was not a fan of him for good reason. Right. But I didn't want to see any of that. Um, we managed to finally move out. Um, we also got married around that same time, because nineteen got married. Yeah, um, 
things were going okay, like not great. Um, but I was young. I didn't necessarily know any better. I was just trying to do the best I could. Like finances were a struggle, just everything. Like it was, it was tough. And then I find out that I am pregnant with our second daughter. And that's when things like really shifted to not good. Um, Cause his initial response was to get an abortion. And that's just like, I, while I am not against abortions completely, I did not believe in simply an abortion for convenience. Like that's just, for me was not an okay thing. Um, so that, that was definitely a, a tough while because, um, there was a lot of tension, a lot of arguing. Cause like financially we didn't have the means to necessarily bring in a second child, but here we are. Um, and like, I had a halfway decent job at that point working in a doctor's office, but like, I didn't have benefits at that point. Um, I'd only been there a short time. And so I ended up having to like leave that um, once I had her shortly before, um, and not, you know, not having enough time in the job to be able to like take, um, medical leave. Like I hadn't been there long enough, unfortunately. So that was a whole other thing once she was born. Um, and things just continued to go downhill from that point. It, was no, like there was no change as far as like, I was definitely that main caretaker. If one of them was sick, I was one that was, was expected to stay home. If there was, you know, something happened with girl, like I was that first person. Um, and you know, it's great to feel wanted and needed, but at the same time, like not having the ability to be like, Hey, can you just take them for a little bit? And as time went on, as I got a little bit older and things just became more apparent, like I remember at some point him being like, well, talking about like babysitting his kids. It's like, Hey, no, you're, they're your kids too. Like you don't babysit your own kids. Like that just, <laughs> I don't know. Just doesn't, just doesn't fit. Right. Um, there was, a lot of, a lot of struggles with being, you know, young parents, two kids, uh, he struggled to keep jobs. And at one point was on workers comp for a while. And wow, that was like, that was around the time that I also decided to go back to school. Cause I was be like, okay, I'm going to go to nurse. Like I'm going to try for nursing school. I'm still going to do it. And I was trying to work go to school full-time, work part-time and take care of the kids and, you know, do schoolwork. I managed a year and a half somehow, <laughs> somehow, I don't know. Um, granted my grades were not, not good. Like I ended up having to finally drop out because it's like, I can't do this anymore. It was just, I wasn't able to like concentrate. I wasn't able to like read the stuff I like, and my grades were showing, so unfortunately that without that support, it just was not going to happen. Like with good support, I probably could have kept going, but unfortunately 
that's not the case. Um, fast forward, hmm, maybe a couple years, maybe only a year after that. Um, things started to really, I started to pick up on the signs of emotional and mental abuse, which back then was not heard of like physical abuse. Like if that had happened, that would have been super easy to be like, okay, that's that we're done. But I mean, even now emotional and mental abuse, um, like anything outside of physical abuse, it's still not as widely recognized as abuse. And in some aspects, I feel like that mental and emotional is still worse because it's not recognized and you're made to feel like, well, that's just normal. Like you're just supposed to be okay with that. And like, that's not the case. So it turned into a very unhealthy situation. Um, my, my self-worth that I already didn't have a lot of, um, that plummeted my anxiety skyrocketed, my panic attacks started, depression, um, like it, it was, it was miserable. I remember one specific panic attack that he, he, he said something, got into some sort of argument. And I, I remember going into a room, closing the door, curling up on the floor behind the door and putting my hands in my hair and just squeezing and pulling and just sobbing because one of the, one of the things that for me during those panic attacks because you mental and emotional pain uh, mental and emotional abuse is painful but there's no physical pain to go with it and so my way of dealing with it was in those moments was pulling my hair, biting my cheek, something like that. So it, like there was that connection between that mental pain I was feeling and the physical pain, like it had somewhere to go. Um, but it's like, still felt awful. So anybody who's experienced anxiety, panic attacks, like they are, they can be really intense. They can be really scary. And if you don't have anybody around you who understands or recognizes them, it just adds a whole nother level. And like the person who was triggering them is around. So like that doesn't help either. And things continued to snowball. Like I couldn't go anywhere without him, like wanting to know and ask. And he would, you know, assume all sorts of things. Like if I was at the grocery store too long, like it just became really just a controlling situation. Like he, he had control over the finances, our entire marriage. Like I had very little, um, like say in things like he, which that wasn't. He was not good with money. So that didn't help things. Um, and like, I finally started like pulling away and like trying to figure out a plan. Cause I'm like, this is not, this is not a situation I want to be in. And it was getting scary. And like, how do I, like, how do I do better for my kids? Like that was my biggest thing. Like they don't deserve to be in a situation. Like if it was just me, like I was thinking I could handle it longer, even though like 
that shouldn't be the case. Like I realize that now, but like back then, you know, we don't think that way. We, as moms, like our focus is the kids. That's, that's what we're taught. Like that's, that's our like reason for living sort of thing. And, you know, had it not been for certain things that happened, like I, I don't know how much longer I would have stayed, but the one thing I remember that finally was kind of like that straw that broke the camel's back is one night we were arguing about something. It just like, I don't remember what it was and the girls were in bed and I made a comment that he was going to wake them up. And he's like, I don't fucking care. I was like, okay, like you cannot care about me, but to not care about, you know, hurting the girls, like that's where I draw the line. This is not okay. And I, it's funny, but not funny. I actually filed for divorce twice. I didn't say anything to him because I was too scared. So I didn't know how he was going to respond to that. So at least here in Oregon, you can file yourself. And then if the other person doesn't respond, you can file some other paperwork that basically grants everything in the initial um, paperwork. And so I did all of the initial stuff, sent it in. He never responded and he never said anything. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Uh, it was some of the most stressful periods for, I didn't know, you know, how he was going to respond at, at, at all. And it took me, like, I didn't end up filing the second round of paperwork that time, but about a year later, like things just continued And, you know, you finally get to that point where you realize this, I really do need to do something. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Like that was the biggest thing. I had never lived on my own ever. And here I'm in a situation where I don't have great finances. I don't like, he's been taking care of the finances and here I'm, you know, wanting to file divorce and, you know now be responsible for myself and two kids out on my own and having never done that before because I went straight from living with my parents to living with him but I just I, I couldn't take it anymore and I wanted better for them so I did file again and I remember the day very clearly that he because I, I requested for the sheriff's department to, to serve the papers instead of having a friend. Cause I didn't want to put any of our friends or family like in that position. And I'm, I'm really glad I did. Although he, like, he says he was never served them, but like, obviously he was cause like a sheriff isn't going to like serve that. Like it, it was weird, but I mean, that was it's one of those typical things of an abuser or narcissist, like just those sorts of things, like they're not going to own up to a lot of things. They're never going to be in the wrong. They're always going to be the victim. But I remember him showing up at my work to confront me about it. And I mean, at least it was at work because there was people around, but like still a very not good situation. And like that led to a lot more arguments but eventually, you know, I did 
move out. And like, we kind of got to this sort of understanding <laughs> at that point and like the talking to the girls um, before I finally moved out. And that started a whole other like journey that I can talk about at some point later, but it was, it was a very dramatic, that was oh, probably about eight years because um, we divorced in 06. Uh, funny side note, a um, little bit of information. The divorce was finalized exactly six years from the day we were married. I find that just really intriguing. So just a little side note, a little bit information there um so yeah that led to then me being a single mom then for the next 16 years which has been quite a journey in and of itself so we'll talk more on a different episode of that and I want to with all of this being said if you resonate with any of this and you're like I don't like I'm in a similar situation and I don't know what to do. Uh, my DMs are always open. I, especially when it comes to these mental and emotional um, abuse situations, it's still such a not quite taboo thing, but it's not talked about enough. So please feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to talk to you about it. Um, I mean, while I'm not necessarily going to offer a bunch of advice, but I'm here to listen, uh, cause I know back then having people to listen, having support people around me, having people that believed what I was saying and validated what I was feeling made the world a difference. So if I can offer that to any of you, please let me know. Because you are not alone in those struggles. Uh, it's, it's hard because those things, they still so easily go unnoticed. And so easily we point the blame to ourselves of, well, I could have done better and he wouldn't have done that. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. You deserve to be treated respectfully, equally and not put down like your feelings are valid regardless of what they are. You deserve to be listened to and validated and supported. So if the partner you're with can't do any of those things and continues and like just plays a victim and like you're always wrong, that's a huge red flag, huge, huge red flag. <laughs> so um, there's lots of other red flags that I'm sure we'll get to at some point, but those are definitely some of the big ones. So Again, please feel free to reach out if any of this resonates or you just, if you have questions about it, I am an open book about this stuff because I know that my experiences were given to me for a reason. They were given to me for one, for me to learn and grow, but for me to share and help others. So if I can do that in any way, please let me know. And I look forward to talking with you on the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. It not only helps me know you're enjoying the show, but it helps more listeners like you find the show. I wish you all the pleasures. Until next time.